As a little kid, I would lie on the floor of my home and watch this show called Commander Mark Secret City, where this guy in a spacesuit would teach you to draw, how to build worlds with strange creatures and elaborate towers and architecture. And I loved to create, drawing my drawings everywhere. I would plaster my sketchbooks, my school books, the walls of my home, the inside of my parents' car. These doodles would show up everywhere. But somewhere along the way, and I'm not sure where, I came to believe that God could only use my utility. That to be loved by him, he needed to see some sort of return for his investment. So I became a zoologist and an Aggie. See, I felt like I had to put this childish, non-useful thing away, and I had to give up my refrigerator drawings and creative urges to become useful to him. So I was gonna get this zoology degree and go to veterinary school and then ultimately go serve people in Africa. That was the plan anyway. But my last year in school, something happened. I realized there was no way I was gonna make it into vet school, and part of me was actually pretty excited about that. I told my dad while we were out on this boat, yeah, I'm not gonna go to vet school, and right now, I really don't know what I wanna do. Maybe I should move to Hawaii and work at Starbucks there. I could see him loading an imaginary gun in his head, and I realized that being on a boat in the middle of the sea was probably the worst place I could have told him about these new plans. But I began to notice something. I began to pay attention to what I did now that I was bored. And as soon as I put off all these expectations of myself, drawing returned. And drawing led me to storyboarding and storyboarding to filmmaking and filmmaking to all kinds of creativity. And almost 10 years ago, I came to work at Gateway, helping create the video and art and the creative arc of our Sunday experiences. Creativity has become essential to everything I do. It has become essential to how I bear God's image. See, the irony of my story and the fact that I'm talking to you right now is that being a creative has less to do with working alongside artists and more about making the invisible visible. I love getting to use my creativity to point people toward the creator. And that's what I get to do here at Gateway. But guess what? That's what you get to do too. In talking to people though, I believe the misconception about creativity is that some people have it and some people don't. That if you're born with a creative spark and you can apply that to some sort of talent, then you become this phenomenon, this natural, as people call it. But I think that you have it or you don't mentality comes from our wonderment. When we see great creativity on display, we think, how did they do that? What did that take? Why can't I? Do that. And right about then is when we hear a little voice in the back of our head that says, because you're not creative, or you're not creative as they are. And that happens to all of us, even the most talented artist. It's just not true that you aren't creative. And not only is that not true, you were designed to be super creative. It's how you were wired and how you were created. You were created to be creative. So whether you're a mom, a banker, an HR rep, you have to break this mindset that we are not creative because God made us in his image. See, creativity shows up in the beginning of the Bible. Genesis 1, it all starts with creativity. The creator creates. And if you go back and read it, after each creative session, God stands back and he looks at what he created and he declares, 
it is good. Six times, God creates, and like an artist, he steps back from the canvas, and he looks, and he declares, it is good. Then, his last act of creation, he creates creatives. Those who, in his image, can bring the invisible into being like no other creature he has made. And notice, he says, it is very good after creating humans. So we are created in the imago Dei, the image of God. Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. They were, and we are, his image bearers. And part of that is we carry forward his identity as a creative creator. We don't have problems with ideas like we represent God when we love others, or stand up for justice, or don't covet your neighbor's donkey. But we have a harder time owning up to the fact that it is in our essence, secular or Christian, that when we create, we are being creative and we are living out our function to bear his image as the most creative being in the universe. Just look at the diversity of animals. I know, it's the inner zoologist still left in me. But we have only identified about 2 million different species. And 10,000 new ones are discovered every year. The creator loves sharing new things he's imagined. There are 950,000 species of insect alone. And I know some of you are thinking, I wish he just would have stopped with one. One would have been good. Don't need any more. Billions of stars around billions of galaxies, some that look like eyes, some like butterflies. And butterflies, just think about the beauty emerging from the death of a worm, which is a creative parable to resurrection. Do you know that some of the most spectacularly colored fish have been at the depths no one could even see until recently? God created because God loves creativity. And I hope that's obvious to you. It could be an act of worship. It makes him smile. We need to have a new mindset though, a new definition to kind of demystify this word creativity, to open up and release our creative image given by God. We've made the definition of creative so narrow that only a few can qualify. In all my work with artists, with producers, musicians, painters, and filmmakers, all these creative types that I have seen, I would define creativity as our ability to divulge or share with others what we can imagine. I want you to hear that again. It is our ability to divulge or share with others what we can imagine. Do you get that? Do you understand what that means? It means that creativity doesn't belong to a select few. It means that all those artists I just mentioned, creativity doesn't belong to just them. It belongs to all of us. Because in my working with all of them, I would say that a few, while very talented artists, a very few were some of the least creative people I know. And others, like my wife, a stay-at-home mom with three little kids, she comes up with some of the most amazing creative ways for our kids to learn, to encounter and experience music, to learn and understand how money works, and writing, and to learn how to cook alongside of her, and to do all that while still being a full-time grad student. She has to imagine and bring about all kinds of new ways for our family to function. Or another example, take Gateway's CFO, Sam. Sam is a QuickBooks wizard, y'all. She can sit down and whip into existence these elaborate, beautiful spreadsheets to help our board of directors make the best and wisest choices for this church. She is creative. Now, I wouldn't go as far as saying she is a creative accountant. A creative accounting is kind of a 
bad thing for business. But Sam, on the side, is also starting a new book that she's using as a creative outlet for herself. Do you realize that you were created to create? And creating can become an act of worship. That might sound weird, but it is true. So Phil, who owns the Lighthouse Takeout and Catering, he makes meals for church events here. And every time, the taste of what he creates is so amazing. Phil started following Jesus at Gateway, and when he cooks with the creativity he has inside of him, he's offering back to God all that he does as an act of worship. And you can do that with anything, even creating beautiful spreadsheets. And Betsy Lawson, one of her employees, created spectacular spreadsheets for her. And when she asked why she did this, the woman said it was an act of worship to God. And that ultimately led Betsy to faith. So look, look for where you are already creative. What are you imagining and bringing into existence to share with others? And turn that into an act of worship. But then also stretch your creativity. Try something new and creative because that develops even more creativity. It is a gift anyone can put into practice. Paul tells Timothy, fan into flame the gift given to you. We have to develop it. But I know it's not easy. It's really hard. And I talk to people all the time who are scared to start trying. Some of you right now, you might actually believe you are creative, but you might also be thinking at the same time, but what if I fail? See, we've bought into this lie that creative people never fail, and hence, failure is proof that we're not creative. But failure is required to grow creativity. A child's stick figure drawing is not failure, it's development. You would never expect a child to paint like Andy Warhol without developing first. So stop judging development as failure. You're, you're not failing. You're starting, and you're learning, and you're growing. And some of you might be thinking, oh, I'm waiting for inspiration to strike. American painter and photographer Chuck Close says, inspiration is for amateurs. Professionals, we just go to work in the morning. And the truth is that the more you create and the more you try, the more creative you can become. Waiting for lightning in a bottle is inspiration that rarely happens if you don't practice first. And others of you might be thinking, well, what if people don't like it? Jesus even warns us when we live connected to God and walk in God's way, he says, but I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Or Paul says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or God? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And here's where following God sets us free to create. Don't create for people first. Create for God first. Write that song as an act of worship. Photograph that landscape to marvel at what God has done. And then if people like it, great. But if they don't, it's still valuable because it's created by you. God's creation as an act of love to Him. Like when my kids create something, I don't look at it and go, well, you could get better. No, I hang it on the fridge, I put it up, and I celebrate what they've learned and how they're growing and how it gets better every time I see it. So I really wanna emphasize here that God has created you to take that imagination of yours and create a better future, to creatively create a better business with better practices, to creatively create a family environment where your marriage, where your kids can flourish and grow. You can take these ideas and inventions, the models and plans that are in your head, and if you partner with God, you 
can bring his image into this world. Because this world needs more of you and your unique creativity. Isn't that great? Let's think about that for a little bit, because Justin said some profound things. You were created to create. Do you believe that? Have you embraced that? And, and notice that many times it's the, the way we define creativity that actually excludes us, right? And yet, if like he said, we, we embrace the fact that God is a creative and he created us in his image, then we start to expand the definition of what creativity is. And let's look again at what, what Justin said. He said, creativity is our ability to divulge or share with others what we can imagine. So I want you to think about where are you already imagining something and then bringing it into reality? Where is that already happening in your life? Maybe it's at work. And maybe you never thought about it that way. Maybe you're an engineer and you thought, I'm not creative. And yet what you're doing is imagining solutions to problems and bringing them into being. Well, that is creativity. Or maybe like Justin talked about, you're a stay-at-home mom or a single parent and and you're finding creative ways to, to engage and develop your children. You know, or maybe you're a computer programmer. You are designing, you are creating code. And though that may not seem wow to a lot of people, it is wow. And it is reflecting something of the image of God. Where are you creating already? Can you start to define it? And, and, and think about how you are reflecting something of the image of God. You know, I, I create messages uh, most weeks. And, and I look at it as a creative process that, that I can bring God into and I can use it to worship him. So think about that. How might you worship God through what you're doing throughout the week creating? Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's after work. Maybe it's something you do to unwind. But in that creative process, it can become an act of worship. You know, it says this in Colossians 3, 23. Whatever you do, whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for humans, not for human masters, since you know you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. See, you are revealing something about God, about the image of God, the heart of God, when you create. And and so you can use that actually as an opportunity to worship God all throughout your day at work or after work, or wherever you are. And watch as, as you do that, how it, it turbocharges even your experience of that moment of creativity. You know, think about it like, like Justin said. Um, not as, how good is this creative thing I'm doing compared to other creative acts? Don't think about it that way. Instead, think about it like a kid. You know, when you, when you create and you do it to say, God, you created me this way, thank you. And, and I offer this to you as an act of love. Do you realize that just like a good parent, when a, when a kid draws something and it's just a, a little stick figure of, of, of mommy and son or daughter walking or, you know, the, the family together, you, you don't judge how good it is and go, well, you got a long way to go, like Justin said. Instead, 
you treasure it. Why? Because they're giving it to you as a present, as an act of love. And it's valuable to you. Why? Because they're valuable to you. Now, have you ever thought about that? Your creativity is valuable to the creator, not because of how relatively good or bad it is, according to human judgment, but simply because you're valuable to the creator. So that's a different way to think about our creativity, right? So, so here's what I want you to do this week. You know, the whole world's eyes are on Austin and South by Southwest, right? But all of that is because of the creator. Now, not everybody understands that, but it's true. We are creative because of the creator. So I want you to go pay attention to the places you're creating, whether it's at work, whether it's after work, whether it's with your kids, whatever it is. And then I want you to to take a picture of it in your creativity. Instagram it, uh, Facebook it, you know, if you're over 30. Snapchat it if you're in your 20s. You know, whatever you do social media-wise, but hashtag it, created to create. Hashtag created to create. And then hashtag South by Southwest as well. And let's just, let's let the world know that we were all created to create because it points us to the creator, the one whose image we were created in. All right, so that's your assignment this week. Your first one is I want you to go find where you're already creative and and post it as, as an act of worship to God. And then secondly, think about this. Where can you stretch to create more? Where can you stretch to create more? You know, it glorifies God actually when we develop in our creativity because it says something about who he created us to be. Now, like Justin said, many times all these judgments, uh, all these fears, they get in the way of us developing our creativity. But God actually wants us to be a community that helps each other overcome that. That's what he's trying to do. And so I want you to think this week, where might I step into an area where maybe I've been afraid to create and just try? And instead of judging it according to how good it is compared to others, that doesn't matter. Just develop. Just see it as developmental because you never know what God might do through that. You know, uh, personally, uh, something you don't know about me is I have a notebook this fat of of hundreds of songs I've written that you will never hear (laughs) or at least never hear me sing. (laughs) And, And, you know, it's interesting because Uh, I I struggled with that for a long time of realizing, you know, God, you've put these songs in me, but you haven't given me the talent to actually (laughs) sing them. And and after a while, I started to realize that maybe they're just for him. Stop and think about that. Is that okay? That I would create or that you would create, not for everybody else, but for the one who created you for himself and that that's enough. But, but here's another little uh, note that I've discovered. You know, I, I studied engineering at the University of Texas. I did really well in engineering, science and math, you know, all, almost all A's. I only made one C in my, in my whole life, and it was in creative writing in college. So, you know what the professor told me? He said, after he gives me the C, and I went in and protested, and he said... Well, it's a good thing you're going into engineering and not writing. 
I travel around the world as a writer. (laughs) So don't let the world define you by what it says because you never know how God's going to develop you. Now, when I first started writing, I, I heard that voice in my head. Good thing you're not a writer. Don't try writing. But you can develop. You can fan into flame the gift God's given you. So think about that. Think about where can I start to stretch and explore in new creative ways. As you watch this art piece created by uh, people here at North Campus and South Campus. itself is a voice. The strokes it makes are poetry in their own right. They have no cause to turn from their meaning. Elegant they seem to appear to your eye. This art you see so vividly is poetry. The poet itself you can see. Clearly it has its place in the realm of creativity. This is not the only type of art you see. Our creator created us intentionally. Like himself we were drawn. Like him, we were made to be a kind of artist in our own right. With brushes and strings and voices beautiful, broken, messy, and too afraid to soak ourselves deep into the paint. To create is to give a piece of us away, a part, a part that will be limited only by us accepting our own limitations. To boldly embrace our full potential created in us. Are you creative? Be courageous. Ideas are born and refined in the fire of inevitable failure. It's a risky proposition, even for the stay-at-home mom who juggles activities, makes up clever acronyms to help with cognitive brain function, dances in perfect step as her skilled improvisation makes last-minute meals to feed her pride. Something out of nothing. The engineer who fits more power into less area to expand capabilities, making more creative dreams come true. Creativity is a child of risk and failure. In the moment we accept this failure as the given, as the constant, we in turn produce the power to shine that light into the darkness where fears find rest. There's a fingerprint, an impression, from somewhere outside of us that rests upon our souls to express a unique beauty buried within. We're paintings and songs and sculptures made by a creator and created to create. We're each a prism with uncommon angles designed to reflect a dazzling rainbow of colors from beyond. The power that breathes us into being trembles in hope that we too will lift our fingers and flex our minds. Will you study the world around you, imitate design, and then combine to make something new, something created? Isn't that cool? And uh, Vanessa, who painted that, started serving a few weeks ago backstage, and we found out she was a painter, and uh, she was willing to share that with us. And then our South Campus Arts team together uh, wrote that poem. And you know what you don't realize is that sitting all around you, 
is so much creativity, many times bottled up. And yet God wants his church to be a creative community, a community that encourages each other to create. And here's why, because we are not to just conform and copy culture, we are to create culture. And creativity creates culture. You know, it's interesting, in Romans chapter 12, Paul says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We're going to talk more about that next week, what that means. But then he goes on and says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't don't just copy the world. Don't just copy what everybody else is doing. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. You know, God's desire for his church, for his community, is that we actually celebrate each other's creativity. That we don't just copy and conform, but instead, as we're being transformed, as his grace is setting us free, as we are becoming a community that loves and encourages each other just as he loves and encourages us, it sets us free to be more creative. And when we go into the world with that creativity, it actually creates culture. Doesn't just follow doesn't just copy, but creates. And that's actually what God wants us to do together. Imagine. Imagine being a part of a community like that. Because I think that's what everybody wants, right? A, a community that sees and celebrates the unique gifts and, and, and diversity that we bring and encourages each other to develop it, to fan it into flame. And then together, we all become better and, and together, we are more than we are apart. That's what it goes on to say in Romans 12. Paul says, For by the grace given me, I say to each one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. And sometimes, sometimes that's where creativity and success in it can lead us is to a, a haughty arrogance. He says, don't go there, but don't go the other way as well. But rather think of yourself in sober judgment. And, and sober judgment is realizing that we're not better than, but we're also not less than because God has given us each something to offer. It says, but in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us is one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. See, the, the kind of community God wants us to create here is, is that we realize that together we're better than apart because his grace helps us become what otherwise the world tries to snuff out. You know, God's grace says he accepts us as is. That's why we say, come as you are here. And then he walks with us to help us to develop, to become more and more of what he intended us to be. And so as we create that kind of culture, that kind of community here, recognizing we all have different gifts, different abilities, but we encourage each other to fan that into flame, to grow and to develop what God's given us, then together we're more than apart. And each one of us develops 
in, in a way that we've always wanted to, but have feared, right? And maybe you feared because that's, that's been snuffed out in the past. But think about that. How might we encourage each other? How might we help fan into flame that gift that God's given? Or that area of development of creativity that maybe we were scared to walk into? Because that's the kind of community I believe everyone wants to be a part of. I want you to watch a reprise of where we started. That you have a story to tell. And part of that is that you were created in God's image. You were created to create. When you speak up to tell your story, watch how the world quiets around you. How it might lay down its spears, put down its books, and listen to what you have to say. Come. Tell me where you come from. Let me tell you the name of the city that I was born in. And you, in turn, can tell me the shape of your childhood. Share with me the names of the imaginary friends you might have had. I've traveled a long, long way find a seat beside this fire. I would love to hear a story as I warm my hands. God, thank you for the opportunity to reflect on you, the creator, the creative. And when we really stop to ponder how creative you are, how much you love creativity. You must, because truly each new day is new with endless possibilities. And every single one of us is unique and you've given us the ability to create unlike any other animal. And so God, I pray that your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, your love for us would set us free to be more like you in the way we create, in the way we steward, in the way we worship you and, and, and offer the works of our hands, the creativity of our jobs, of our, of our homes, of our uh, times of enjoyment. We offer it back to you as an act of praise because you tell us that does glorify you. You smile on it just like a good parent smiles and encourages and praises and rewards those simple little artistic designs of a child. And so God, help us this week even to honor you as we reflect on where we are creating and how it is a reflection of your good gifts and how creative you are. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.